I'm for Gene Shepard, humorist, after-dinner speaker, and recipient of the Mark Twain Award for sun by the men who moil for gold the arctic trails have left their secret tales that would make your blood run cold the northern lights have seen queer sights but the queerest they ever did see was that night on the marge of lake labarge i cremated sam mcgee Sam McGee was from Tennessee, where the cotton blooms and blows. <laughs> Why he left his home in the South to roam round the pole, God only knows. He was always cold. But the land of gold seemed to hold him like a spell, though he'd often say in his homely way that, eh, he'd sooner live in hell. On a Christmas day, we were mushing our way over the Dawson Trail. Talk of your cold. My God. Through the parkas pool that stood like a driven nail. If our eyes were closed, then the losses froze until sometimes you couldn't see. It wasn't much fun. But the only one to whimper was Sam McGee. And that very night, as we lay packed tight in our robes beneath the snow, and the dogs were fed, and the stars overhead were dancing heel and toe. He turned to me, and Cap, says he, Cap, I'm going to cash in this trip, I guess. And if I do, I'm asking that you won't refuse my last request. Well, he seemed so low that I couldn't say no. And then he says with a sort of moan, It's the cursed cold. And it's got right hold till I'm chilled clear through the bone. Yet taint being dead. It ain't being dead. It's my awful dread of the icy grave that pains. So I want you to swear that, foul or fair, you'll cremate my last remains. Well, a pal's last need is a thing to heed, so I swore I would not fail. And we started on at the streak of dawn. But God, he looked ghastly pale. He crouched on the sleigh, and he raved all day of his home in Tennessee. And before that night, a corpse was all that was left. Well, poor old Sam McGee. There wasn't a breath in that land of death. And I hurried, horror-driven, with a corpse half-hid that I couldn't get rid because of a promise given. 
it was lashed to the sleigh, and it seemed to say, <laughs> you may tax your brain and your brawn, but I promise true, and it's up to you. Yes, see, you promised. It's up to you to cremate these last remains. Now, a promise made is a debt unpaid, and the trail has its own stern code. In the days to come, though my lips were dumb and my heart, how I cursed that load, in the long, long night, by the lone firelight, while the huskies round in a ring howled out their woes to the homeless snows, oh God, how I loathed that thing, sitting there on the, on the sled. And every day, that quiet clay seemed to heavy and heavier grow, and on I went, though the dogs were spent and the grub was getting low, the trail was bad, and I felt half mad, but I swore I would not give in, and I'd often sing to the hateful thing, and it hearkened with a grin, <laughs> till I came to the marge of Lake LaBarge. And an old derelict boat lay. It was jammed in the ice. But I saw in a trice it was called the Alice May. And I looked at it. And I thought a bit. And I looked at my frozen chum. Then, here, said I with a sudden cry, here is my crematorium. <laughs> oh, oh. Some planks I tore from the cabin floor and I lit the boiler fire. Some coal I found that was lying around, and I heaped the fuel higher. The flames just soared, and the furnace roared. Such a blaze you seldom see. And I burrowed a hole in the glowing coal. Yeah. And then I stuffed in Sam McGee. Well, then I turned around and I made a hike. I didn't like to hear him sizzle so. And the heavens scowled, and the huskies howled, and the wind seemed to blow harder and harder. It was icy cold, and the hot sweat rolled down my cheeks, and I didn't know why. And the greasy smoke in an inky cloak went streaking down that frozen sky. I don't know how long in the snow I wrestled with grisly fear, but the stars came out, and they danced about, ere again I ventured near. I was sick with dread, but I bravely said, I'll just take a peep inside. I guess he's cooked. It's time I looked. Then the door I opened wide. And there sat Sam, looking cool and calm in the heart of the furnace roar. And he wore a smile you could see a mile. And he said, Please close that door. Please close that door. It's fine in here. But I greatly fear that you're going to let in the cold and the storm. Friend, since I left Plumtree down in Tennessee, it's the first time, the first damn time I've been warm. Yeah. 
yes, there are strange things done in the midnight sun by the men who moil for gold. The Arctic trails have their secret tales that would make your blood run cold. The northern lights have seen queer sights. But the queerest they ever did see was at night on the marge of Lake Labarge. I cremated Sam McGee. Okay? Okay, gang? I think some nights of Sam McGee sitting in that fiery furnace, looking up. Now, do you want to hear another one? This is uh, one of my favorite poets, Robert W. Service. By the way, what does the W stand for? <laughs> All right. Now, the frontier he was cataloging was not the Gary Cooper frontier of Tombstone, Arizona, but the frontier of Alaska, which was really exotic to the Europeans. Completely a while, and it still remains that. You know the funny thing. I was in I was in Alaska two years ago, and a lot of what he talks about still remains in Alaska. Uh, for example, names. Now, uh, all of us here, you know, we have names, and and rarely do we have nicknames unless it's a play on our own name, like somebody would be called Phil or Marty. But uh, up in Alaska. Guys still have names. Like, for example, I, I met a guy called Whiskey Bill. That's all I call him, Whiskey Bill. <laughs> yeah, Whiskey Bill. And, and uh, nobody thought anything about it. And there are names are given to people like that. You have to understand, when he uses a name like that, he's not talking about something that doesn't exist. It's true and it's real. This is one of my favorites. This is the work of Robert W. Service. And, man, I mean, in the wintertime, he brings that picture out so clear and clean you can't mistake it for anything else. Now, you all set? You feel the cold blowing out of the north? A dark sky overhead? The midnight sun? Just a few odd moments of daylight here and there? And nothing but you under that arched heaven. I took a contract to bury the body of blasphemous Bill Mackay. Whenever, wherever, or whatsoever the manner of death he die, <laughs> whether he die in the light of day or under a peak-faced moon, in cabin or dance hall, camp or dive, Mucklucks or patent shoon, on velvet tundra or virgin peak by glacier, drift or draw, in muskeg hollow or canyon gloom, by avalanche, fang or claw, by battle, murder or sudden death, by pestilence, hooch or lead, I swore on the book I would follow and look until I found my tombless dead. For you know, Bill was a dainty kind of cuss, and his mind was mighty sot on a dinky patch with flowers and grass in a civilized boneyard lot. <laughs> and where he died or how he died, it didn't matter a damn, as long as he had a grave with frills and a tombstone epigram. So I promised him, and he paid the price in good Chicheco coin, 
which the very same I blowed in that very night down in the tenderloin. Then I painted a three-foot slab of pine. Here lies poor Bill Mackay. And I hung it up on my cabin wall, and I waited for Bill to die. Yeah, years passed by. Time went on. And at last, one day, came a squaw with a story strange of a long, deserted line of traps way back at the Bighorn Range, of a little hut by the Great Divide, and a white man, stiff and still, lying there by his lonesome self. And I figured it must be Bill. So I thought of the contract that I'd made with him, and I took down from the shelf the swell black box with the silver plate that he picked out for himself. And I packed it full of grub and hooch, and I slung it on the sleigh. Then I harnessed up my team of dogs, and I was off at the dawn of day. Oh, yeah, I was off. You know what it's like in the Yukon wild when it's 69 below, when the ice worms wriggle their purple heads through the crust of the pale blue snow, when the pine trees crack like little guns in the silence of the wood, and the icicles hang down like tusks under the parka hood, when the stovepipe smoke breaks sudden off and the sky is weirdly lit. Yeah and the careless feel of a bit of steel burns like a red-hot spit, when the mercury is, is a frozen ball and the frost fiend stalks to kill. Well, it was just like that that day that I set out to look for old Bill. Oh, the awful hush that seemed to crush me down on every hand as I blundered blind with a trail to find through that blank and bitter land half-dazed, half-crazed in the winter wild with its grim, heartbreaking woes and the ruthless strife for a grip on life that only the sourdough knows. North by the compass, north I pressed, river and peak and plain, passed like a dream. I slept to lose and I waked to dream again. River and plain and mighty peak and who could stand unawed as their summits blazed, he could stand undazed at the foot of the throne of God, north, aye, north, through a land accursed, shunned by the scouring brutes. And all I heard was my own harsh word and the whine of the Malamutes, until at last I came to a cabin, squat, built on the side of a hill. Then I burst in the door, and there on the floor, frozen to death, lay Bill. Ice, white ice, like a winding sheet, sheathing each smoke-grimed wall. Ice on the stovepipe, ice on the bed, ice gleaming over all. Sparkling ice on the dead man's chest, glittering ice in his hair, ice on his fingers, ice in his heart, ice in his glassy stare, hard as a log and trust like a frog with his arms and legs outspread. <laughs> well, I gazed at the coffin I brought from, and I gazed at the gruesome dead, and at last I spoke. 
Bill liked his joke, but still, gall darn his eyes a man that ought to consider his mates in the ways that he goes and dies. Have you ever stood in an Arctic hut in the shadow of the pole with a with a little coffin six by three and a grief you can't control? Have you ever sat by a frozen corpse that looks at you with a grin and that seems to say, Oh, you may try all day, but you'll never jam me in. <laughs> well, I'm not a man of the quicken kind, but I never felt so blue. And I sat there gazing at that stiff and studying what I'd do. Then I rose and I kicked off the husky dogs that were nosing round about, and I lit a roaring fire in the stove, and I started to thaw Bill out. Well, I thawed, and I thawed, for thirteen days, but it didn't seem no good. His arms and legs stuck out like pegs, as if they was made of wood. Till at last I said, it ain't no use, he's froze, too hard to thaw, he's obstinate, and he won't lie straight. So I guess I got to saw. So I sawed off poor old Bill's arms and legs, and I laid him snug and straight in the little coffin he picked himself with the dinky silver plate. And I came nigh to shearing it. Really, I came nigh to shedding a tear as I nailed him safely down. Then I stowed him away in my Yukon sleigh, and I started back to town. So I buried him, as the contract was, in a narrow grave and deep. And there he's waiting the great clean-up when the judgment's sluice heads sweep. And I smoke my pipe, and I meditate in the light of the midnight sun. And you know, sometimes I wonder if they was the awful things I'd done. And as I sit in the parson talks, expounding of the law, I often think of poor old Bill and how hard he was to saw. Okay. <laughs> now, all right, you think that's something. Are you enjoying these? There's something about these things. They really get you. You just can't fight them. Here's, here's, here's one you haven't heard in a long time. If you've heard this, this is, this is one of his rarer ones. And it's full of wild imagery. It's the Ballad of One-Eyed Mike. <laughs> this is the tale that was told to me by the man with the crystal eye. Isn't that a great image? The man with the crystal eye. As I smoke my pipe and the campfire light and the glories swept the sky, as the north lights gleamed and curved and streamed and the bottle of hooch was dry. You see? <laughs> He's sitting there in the north and the great northern lights playing overhead. And this is the story that he was told. A man once aimed that my life be shamed, and he wrought me a deadly, deathly wrong. I vowed one day I'd, I would well repay, but the heft of his hate was strong. He thronged me east, and he thronged me west. He harried me back and forth, till I fled in fright from his peerless spite to the bleak 
bald-headed north. And there I lay. For many a day I hatched plan after plan for a golden haul of the wherewithal to crush and to kill my man. And there I strove. And there I clove through the drift of icy streams. And there I fought. And there I sought for the pay streak of my dreams. So twenty years, with their hopes and fears and smiles and tears and such, went by and left me long bereft of hope of the Midas touch. About as fat as a chancel rat. And lo, despite my will, in the weary fight, I had clean lost sight of the man I sought to kill. "'Twas so far away, that evil day, when I prayed the Prince of Gloom for the savage strength and the sullen length of life to work his doom. Nor sign nor word had I seen or heard, and it happened so long ago. My youth was gone, and my memory wan, and I willed it even so. It fell one night, in the waning light by the Yukon's oily glow, I smoked and sat as I marveled at the sky's port wine glow, till it paled away to an absinthe gray, and the river seemed to shrink, all wobbly flakes and wiggering, wiggering snakes and goblin eyes a wink. Great description of a river. All wobbly flakes and wriggling snakes and a goblin eyes a wink. Twas weird to see, and it bewildered me in a queer hypnotic dream, till I saw a spot like an inky blot come floating down the stream. It bobbed and swung and sheared and hung. It romped around in a ring. It seemed to play in a tricksome way. Sure was a merry thing. In freakish flights, strange oily lights came fluttering around its head like butterflies of a monster size. And then I knew it for the dead. Its face was rubbed and slicked and scrubbed as smooth as a shaven pate. In the silver snakes that water makes, it gleamed like a dinner plate. It gurgled near and clear and clear and large and large it grew. It stood upright in a ring of light and looked me through and through. It weltered round with a woozy sound and before I could retreat with a witless roll of a sodden soul, it wantoned and floated to my feet. And here I swear by the cross I wear, I heard that floater, that body, that stiff say, I am the man from whom you ran, <laughs> the man you sought to slay, that you may note and gaze and gloat and say, Revenge is sweet. In the grit and grime of the river's slime, I am rotting at your feet. The ill we rue, we must undo, though it rive us bone to bone. So it came about that I sought you out, and I prayed that I might atone. I did you wrong. For long and long I sought where you might live, and now you're found. Though I'm dead and drowned, I beg you to forgive. So sad it seemed. And its cheekbones gleamed, and its fingers flicked the shore. And it lapped and lay in a weary way, and its hands met to implore. Then I gently said, Poor restless soul, I would never work you woe, though the wrong... You rue, you can never undo. I forgave you long ago. And then, wonder-wise, I rubbed my eyes and I woke from a horrid dream. The moon rode high in the naked sky, and something bobbed in the stream. It held my sight in a patch of light, and then it sheared from the shore. It dipped 
and sank by a hollow bank, and I never saw it more. As this was the tale he told to me, that man so warped and gray, ere he slept and dreamed and the campfire gleamed in his eye in a wolfish way, the crystal eye that raked the sky and the weird auroral ray. Now, isn't that fantastic? He had a dream that he saw this corpse floating down the river. Wow. Now, I'm going to I'm going to give you, if I have time, I don't know whether I have time here or not. Um, let's see, one of my favorites here. It's the Ballad of the Black Fox Skin. Did you ever hear that one? Well, I'll, I'll at least read you the opening of that one, because this, uh, if, you're, if you're wondering what all this is about... Uh, this is one of my favorite uh, <laughs> poems. And I think one day, uh, poets rather, I think one day he is going to have a fantastic uh, revival. People are going to re relook at this guy's work and study it because it has a certain... Uh, here, this is. listen to the opening of this one now. Yep, friends. There was Claw-Fingered Kitty. What a great name, Claw-Fingered Kitty. There was Claw-Fingered Kitty and Windy Ike. Living the life of shame. <laughs> Here's a great pair. When unto them in the long, long night. Now, what he means by the long, long night, of course, is up in the northern climates. They don't have any day at all. This is the dead of winter. When unto them in the long, long night came the man who had no name, bearing his prize of a black fox pelt. Out of the wild he came. His cheeks were blanched as the flumehead foam. Flumehead foam is that white foam that comes when you're mining and you're washing down gold. His cheeks were blanched as the flumehead foam when the brown spring freshets flow. Deep in their dark, thin, calcined pits were his somber eyes aglow. They knew him from afar. For the fitful man who spat forth blood on the snow. Did you ever see such a skin? Quoth he. Oh, look at that skin. There's naught in the world so fine. Such fullness of fur, as black as the night. Such luster, such size, such shine. Oh, it's life to a one-lunged man like me. It's London. It's women. It's wine. Oh, the moose hides, the Indians call it the devil fox, and swore that no man could kill him, that he who hunted it soon or late must surely suffer some fate. <laughs> but I laughed at them and their old squaw tales, <laughs> and I'm laughing still. For look, look at the skin, it's as smooth as sin and black as the core of the pit. <laughs> by gun or by trap, whatever the hap, I swore I'd capture it by star. By star, a field and afar, I hunted and I would not quit. Oh, for the devil fox, it was swift and sly and it seemed to, f to leer at me. I'd wake in fright by the campfire light, hearing its evil glee into my dream. Its eyes would gleam and its shadow would I see. It sniffed and it ran from the ptarmigan I'd poisoned. Unarmed and unharmed, it sped from my wrathful lead. It was fantastic. It was like I shot by guess. Yet it came by night in the stark moonlight to mock at my weariness. Oh, 
I tracked it up where the mountains hunch like the vertebrae of the world. I tracked it down to the death-still pits where the avalanche is hurled, from the glooms to the sacerdotal snows where the carded clouds are curled. Yes, I tracked that evil death fox. I tracked him down, and now I have his lustrous black skin. What a fantastic story. I wish I could read the rest of that to you. How he caught it. Yeah. That that uh, <laughs> that's more exciting than a than a than a, an episode of Canon, isn't it? Fingered Kitty and Windy Ike, bad as the worst they were. Oh, in their roadhouse down by the river trail, they waited and watched for prey. With wine and song, they joyed night long, and they slept like swine by day. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I like them sleeping like swine, <laughs> drinking their wine and yelling all night. So that concludes tonight's salute to claw-fingered Kitty and Windy Ike, who are living the life of shame. to Gene Shepard, humorist, author, and recipient of the Mark Twain Award for 1976.